We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. to Pod Maverick After Dark. I am Kirk Henderson, and you are joined by myself and Josh Bowe. It is February 3rd, Saturday night, about 10.30. Dallas Mavericks just lost to the Milwaukee Bucks uh, second time this season. Game closed out with a final score of 129 to 117. Josh, how you doing? Whew, I'm doing okay. I have a, I'm trying to think of how we're going to talk about this game because... The vibes feel very similar to when the Mavericks lost those two games back-to-back to the Hornets last season. Uh. Those losses dropped them under 500, and basically we knew that the season was over. Um, this is interesting because they're 26 and 23. They're still 30 or whatever. I think they got like 35 or so games left to play. This It's not over, but it just... I feel like whatever, you know, there are a lot of reasons why we'll get into it, but it felt like a breaking point for a lot yep. of people that I think we're kind of holding on um, some some optimism about where this team could go. Well, similar to the Mavericks three-point shooting, your camera died. Um, <laughs> so you work on that while I kind of r- ramble in response. Um, I find that that sort of lead-in very interesting because – I don't know what I expected out of this game because Giannis Antetokounmpo is one of the players I probably have the most fear and respect for on a game-to-game basis. So when you're playing the Bucks, even with days of rest, once you know Derek Lively's out of the game, once you know Kyrie's, you know, I mean, Kyrie's just... I'm sure he'll play the next game at this point. Uh, but if Kyrie's not playing, you know, you're still just missing three of your five regular starters. 
I don't have a lot of high expectations for this game. So when the Mavericks come out, it's funny, I could not find the game on my ridiculous streaming service that I have, so I missed the seven of eight three-point barrage. <laughs> so you missed the best the part game. of the game for the Mavericks. Yeah, so I missed like this best, and like the Mavs slack is blowing up about the game. And of course, it's just like, all right, cool. I'm and then the moment I tune in, I mean within minutes, like probably not even minutes, it might have been 30 seconds later. Luka Doncic uh and, and Giannis got in that little scrum on the floor where Luka displayed remarkable flexibility. Um, I just want to point that out, and rolled his ankle in such a way to where I remember thinking, Oh, okay, there's the season. Good thing that that Knicks pick is top 10 protected. Yeah, <laughs> and it then, looked of course, awful. Like, I mean, it was, was, I mean, it was it as bad. gross of an injury that didn't actually. I mean, he probably he has a sprained ankle, but some people just have pliable ankles like that. Um, it was one of the grossest things that didn't actually hurt a player that I've ever seen. Uh, and then he comes back in and proceeds to sort of go to you know just really play a spectacular offensive quarter and and half. Um. It does it does bear mentioning though that he does not play defense sometimes. And tonight was one of those games where for stretches of game, like there was a, he got beat on a backdoor cut <laughs> to the rim for a dunk where he didn't move. <laughs> yeah, he was definitely cons- I mean, the he definitely like his ankle was still like a thing. Like it's not like he came back and that necessarily mean he was totally fine. He was just fine enough to get back into the game. But you could tell, like, he was like, okay, I'm just going to save what I have. Well, his defense picked up as the game went on. Yeah. Like, the defense. Maybe he he loosened up the ankle a little bit or something. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, that was was definitely something. Um, But then, you know, like, I mean, things things didn't go to hell. And, like, this is just – how would you describe that last two minutes? Because my problem – Last two yeah, minutes of the game or the last no, two minutes uh, of, of the Of the half? second quarter where the Bucks went on a 15-0 run in the final two minutes of a quarter – uh, it was bad, but I but mean, who? What happened? Because uh, you gotta understand, like I'm part. writing, my wife is talking to me. I'm like waiting to eat my dinner at halftime, and I look up and I'm just like, <laughs> "What?" And then I, I I'm scrolling through the play by play, and I notice the same thing I always notice that Jason Kidd didn't call a fucking timeout. But that does, that feels very reductive to what happened. Can can you kind of tell me what happened? Uh, well, you know, the offense tried up in terms of mysteries and mm-hmm. I mean, I can go on a longer soliloquy, but oh God, I can't even say that word. Soliloquy. Yeah. That's tough for me right now. Sorry guys. Um, I mean, short, long story short, uh, mysteries and turnovers. And then when you have mysteries and turnovers with this, this version of Mavericks transition defense, which might be mm. one of the worst transition defenses in the entire NBA, uh, and when you give Giannis and Dame, you know, free cracks at this transition defense, I mean, it was, it was, there was nothing to do. Um, you know, Luca had, uh, you know, he missed a shot. He thought he got fouled. And in that, you know, not only does he miss a shot, which led to a transition opportunity. And of course, you know, he thought he got fouled. We can argue ref stuff. We can bring, we can talk about that later. Cause I know a lot of people are mad about the refs uh, and in some cases, rightly so. But so it leads to, you know, not only is it a missed shot, it leads to a fast break opportunity where Luca gets a transition take foul on Giannis. Cause if he didn't, I mean, because Giannis was about to, but to have a, like a free throw line dunk, like he was about to obliterate the rim because no one was getting back. Uh, and then he picks up a technical. So that's, 
what that's two free throws one for the technical one for the transition take foul then they get the three-pointer on the possession that they keep so that's um that's five points in one possession and of course that's the three-pointer they make where Giannis Antetokounmpo uh basically kicked Luca as he was driving baseline and passing it to the corner three which they reviewed and called incidental contact which was a bad call you think it was like I I, I Luca I, sold it like that looked yeah. like somebody you know when they uh when when uh the like Stone Cold used to kick per somebody in the stomach the stunner, the the stunner. The stu- <laughs> that's what that kick was <laughs> yeah I mean it wasn't great but like it was still clear uh then maybe Luca did sell it I thought what they should have called you know they should have taken away the three but maybe just called a normal foul like there were some people wondering if it was like a hostile act. I was like, no, but maybe like just call an offensive foul and take away the made three. So, but that doesn't happen. And then the Mavericks come back with their next possession. Luca misses a shot and then Giannis drills a three uh, at the buzzer. So they scored in 29 seconds, they scored eight points. Um, so that's how you lose 25 point leads uh, in a hurry. So uh, if you want to go further, I mean, this game was the just, personification of this Mavericks team, like top to bottom. Obviously the injuries make things worse. Maybe, you know, this isn't maybe the best version of this Mavericks team, but stylistically like their strengths and weaknesses. I mean, they were on full display tonight. Like you get the nine of 11 start from three. They look awesome. And the Bucks scored 20 points in the first quarter. And you talked with uh, Mavs.com, Bobby Corral on a really good podcast. And y'all basically talked about, went through the numbers when the Mavericks get to execute the things that they like to execute defensively, they're very good. Like I remember Bobby talking about when they get to ice the pick and roll, uh, when they get to switch and defend in isolation, they're like both of those things are one of the best defensive teams in the NBA. The thing about that is you can only do that in a half court offense. And Oh, there goes my camera again. Sorry. This is, this is good. Let me this just is, keep talking. If it keeps this is emblematic of, of the Maverick season. Um, the best part is Josh knows he needs to replace his camera. He just, won't, he just won't actually replace his camera. It's my favorite part about this. Right in the middle of what I'm talking about, too. It's okay. So, yeah, it sounded good. They start 9 of 11 from 3, and uh, and their defense looks amazing, like I said, because they can execute their half-court sure. defensive principles. Uh, and they can't do that when they're missing. And you can't execute your half-court defense when you're missing a ton of threes and you're turning the ball over a ton. The Mavericks mm-hmm. had eight, what is it, 18 turnovers tonight? Uh, the turnovers 21, tonight. 21 turnovers. They're not a the turnover most. prone no. team. And yeah, some of the turnovers they had tonight were just crushing. Yeah. So 21 turnovers after the 9 of 11 from three start, they finished 7 of 28. Um, so they miss 21 three pointers to finish the game, making only seven. Um, and the Bucks scored uh, 21, 25 points off turnovers, and they scored 19 fast break points, 64 points in the paint. So basically after that 9 of 11 start, the Mavericks threes dried up. The Bucks rotations got a little bit better. Uh, I think Luka's three-pointer suffered after the ankle injury because he, he, he was looking a little hot at the start of the game, and then I think that ankle injury kind of made those threes a little harder to make. But Well, I mean, he, he's but, being but guarded by Giannis. Yeah, and- <laughs> I know. That's, that's the secondary the part of this. Whereas, yeah. like, there were a couple of times in that game where he sought out Giannis, which I love because I actually think he's, he he kind of kicks Giannis's ass. But Giannis gets a great whistle against Luca. Like, there was one tip in towards the end when the game was kind of already done, the Derek Jones Jr. one, 
where he gets he gets Giannis on his back hip. Giannis fouls the shit out of him. No call. And then he just goes over to the refs like my like my eight year old seven year old child does, and is like, and it's like, dude, just you're not going to get all the calls against a former a former defensive player of the year. I get it. Yeah, it's yeah, that's not great. And something about the Mavericks, um, I, I've been thinking like their transition defense is just so bad. I wonder how much of it is Luca's in the paint a lot even when he's not shooting, because when he's creating three-pointers, he's creating three-pointers because he's touching the paint, usually, uh, either in a pick-and-roll or a drive. Um, Obviously, missed three-pointers are bad, and we know that if your floor is space where you've got two guys in the corner and you miss a three, and that ball is is shooting out to to the top of the key and you've got two people in the corner, it's hard to get back on defense. Well, the Mavericks always have two people in the corner, and also Luka's in the paint. So think about when he's shooting, when he's passing the ball to people at the three-point line, the Mavericks have two guys in the corner and Luca's mm-hmm. probably somewhere in the paint. If that's a missed shot going up the top of the wing, the Mavericks are basically down. If they're not getting back as, as fast as possible, they're basically three-man down almost every single transition opportunity. That, that was one of the things. Because there's that... two guys in the corner and Luca's in the paint passing the ball out to a shooter. So that... that's uh, they've got to – and that's a systematic thing, but that's also, mm-hmm. you know, guys got to start leaking back before. Yeah, the guy who doesn't get the pass has to has to start yes. making his way back a little yeah. bit. Yes. That was one of the that was one of the things that happened. Josh Green shot a corner three from the, the right corner to in the in the uh final two minutes of the second quarter. And then he he I don't think he got fouled, but he ends up on his back. And the shot was so short that it ricocheted off the side of the rim down. Yeah, I remember this. And ball. I mean, that's as bad as a turnover. Those two yeah. things together. Like when you miss corner threes horribly, it is as bad as a live ball turnover. Yeah. It's it's a it's an ignition to a fast break. Um, and yeah, like I've just been like because I've been thinking, I'm like, why have the Mavericks been so bad about transition defense? Because they're also usually you're a bad defensive uh transition team because you want to pound the offensive glass. Right. The Mavericks are a bad offensive rebounding team too. So it's not like they're getting killed because guys are crashing the glass. I think it's just because this team is so reliant on three-point shooting. They've always got two guys spaced in the corner. Now, to be fair, most NBA teams have two guys spaced in the corner, but Luca's always in the paint too. And if he's not getting back, if he, you know, he, you know, if he's not getting back, that means they're, they're, they're down three guys when they miss a three, which is tough. Um, but, but yeah, it's just, that was the game. They made their threes and their half court defense looked awesome in the first quarter from second quarter to the fourth quarter. They turned the ball over. They missed their threes and they didn't have an opportunity to play half court defense and they lost the game. Well, and the, the final score and really the final four minutes of the fourth quarter, what, what happened when the Mavericks got down by like, they, they really, sorry, I'm about to sneeze. Um, the Mavericks only got down by about six points for, by the bucks. So they're up by 25 and then there's essentially a 30-point swing for the Mavericks to be down by five or six in the third quarter. Yep. Obviously, you don't like a 30-point swing, but something about at that point, the Mavericks are down five, and they they wake up a little bit. They they find yeah. a little bit of dignity, a little bit of pride. Yeah. Um, Remember that. They come back in the game. They, they actually retake the lead in the fourth quarter, or in the <laughs> third quarter, uh, only to give it up on the final shot in, like, six seconds left. It, like... If you want to talk about bad transition defense like that, it's just like, guys, what are you doing? Yeah. 
Yeah. And then they yeah. never got the lead. You know, the 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 Bucks uh, punched them in the mouth to start the fourth. They basically got up by eight, seven, seven to nine points is what I wrote in my recap, and then hung out at that point for the next six minutes of play. The Mavericks would score. They would do something with Giannis. They would isolate Giannis, uh, and then he'd get a layup or a putback. Or Dame Lillard, who was 10 of 11 from the floor. My God. And it was good night from there. Um, yeah, Dame and Giannis combined to go 30 of 37 from the field. The one play that had me in stitches, and Luca didn't actually argue the call, but Giannis attempted a Euro step with the carryover of the ball over Lucas or Luca's head. Do you did you see that one? I don't remember that one off top. It was coming from the top left, and he crossed over and basically swung the ball over top of Lucas. So Lucas six foot eight. Like this, it's just it looked ridiculous. And Luca essentially fouled him in the middle. I mean, Luca didn't argue the call. He was just pissed because it like it doesn't when there a lot of Giannis's motions, and I'm glad there's probably not any Bucks fans in here. Um, and if there are high, um, a lot of what Giannis does motion wise is not particularly graceful and a lot of like asshole hooper people would say he doesn't have a bag well who the fuck cares if you can just run people over and <laughs> yeah. the way the game is officiated nowadays the way he gets angles and space on people he's just gonna score a lot he's a health like i mean he's an incredible basketball player that's not to take anything away from him he is maximizing the ability uh, that he has paired with the way that the game is called um, and it was just, that was, there were just a couple instances of the way that he is able to do things physically that simply cannot be matched. And it was, it was something to watch. Yeah. Did you see, do you remember uh, the one that sticks out to me the most is they're in transition. The bucks are Giannis has the ball. Uh, I mean, it happened repeatedly throughout the night, but there was one that just stuck out to me. It was in the second half. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Giannis says, you know, he's rampaging down the middle of the floor on a transition opportunity. The Mavericks were actually like back. Like I think they had more guys back than the Bucks did. Um, so they actually had an adva- defensive advantage for once in transition. And Maxi was back, like in the paint, like in a stance, guarding, got his hands up, like not hands up, but like he's in the defensive posture, waiting for Giannis. And Giannis just like it's like he's not even there. Like he just basically kind of dips in, doesn't like shoulder check him, just you know, goes through and uses his strength and gets an and one. And he just like Maxi starts in the paint and he's like almost near the stanchion. Like, cause Giannis just moves him, not like in an offensive foul way, just because he's so like, so damn sh- like what Shaq would do to guys in the low post where guys would be guarding him on the block and then end up on the floor yep. near the camera people. And he's dunking it. Like that's yep. what Giannis reminds me of. It's, it's unbelievable. Uh, okay, we're going to take a quick break here. If you guys are here in the stream, if you could head down and hit the like button, I'd very much appreciate it. While you're down there, consider subscribing to Pod Maverick. We do these shows. Uh, and then, I don't know, I think particularly as the season wears on, I feel good tonight. Uh, I'm going to do a secondary live show where if you would like to come talk basketball with me, uh, get out some frustration. We'll we'll hang out for a little bit and, and talk a little bit of basketball. So um, be ready for that. Uh, while you're, you know, if you're listening via a podcast and it's Saturday or Sunday, um, you know, Monday morning, consider subscribing to our show, leave us a review, be very grateful. Those who are watching on the YouTube, uh, either in the live show or later on, if you could leave a comment, really appreciate it. I read all of the comments, even the very mean ones and nothing tops YouTube like mean comments. Twitter thinks it's mean and it's just, it just doesn't have it. Um, I will be hosting a second show tonight. 
So those of you who regularly participate, uh, hang around because I would like to talk some ball with you. Um, and then stay tuned here for a quick uh, ad read. If you're listening on the audio show, we'll be right back. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. You know, if I would have applied myself, I could have gone to the NBA. You think so? Yeah, I think so. But it's just like, it's been done. You know, I didn't want to, I was like, I don't want to be a follower. Hi, I'm Jason Concepcion. And I'm Shay Serrano. And we are back. We have a new podcast from Wondery. It's called Six Trophies. Woo! And it's the f-ing best. Each week, Shay Serrano and I are combing through all the NBA storylines, finding the best, most interesting, most compelling stories, and then handing out six pop culture themed trophies for six basketball related activities. Trophies like the Dominic. Dominic Toretto, I live my life a quarter mile at a time trophy, which is given to someone who made a short-term decision with no regard for future consequence. Or the Christopher Nolan Tenet trophy, which is given to someone who did something that we didn't understand. Catalina Wine Mixer trophy. Ooh, the Lauren Hill, you might win some, but you just lost one trophy. And what's more, the NBA playoffs are here, so you want to make Six Trophies your go-to companion podcast through all the craziness. Follow Six Trophies on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. Okay, I don't really know what else to talk about about this game because, like, you go through and you look at – they played seven and a half guys. Um, This was a game, you know, where Jaden Hardy played 11 minutes. He was one of four from the floor. Kid yanked him pretty quick because – I just Hardy's just got to understand that he can't do off-the-dribble shit where he is stationary. If he catches it on the move off of receiving a pass, I'm fine with it. When he takes dribble move shots, I want to die. It's awful. Yeah, I feel like with Hardy, kid is at the place where he puts him in kind of he he has a quick hook. Like he knows, he kind of knows when it's going to be good Hardy or bad Hardy. Mm-hmm. And credit to him. I mean, actually probably one of his better coaching moves tonight. Yeah. Um, to Hardy was bad. Right, and not, you know, not run him out there, but <sighs> Boy, have you looked at Luca's uh, minute game log? Um, it's not pretty. Yeah, in kid said in the pregame that he wanted to keep him under 40 minutes, but Luca said since he hadn't played in four days, he'd be happy playing all 48. And That's this fine, just but... goes like <laughs> that comment followed by the action is just telling me they don't have a handle on Luka Doncic, period. But also, what's the alternative? They also don't have a choice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. They don't trust Seth. He tried Jaden Hardy, didn't look good. Like when Kyrie's out, this roster just yeah, there's just, there's nothing there. I mean, do you want to run? Do you want to run a, a THJ Josh Green backcourt for 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 five minutes? I don't know. Like, 
that's the only thing I could think of. Uh, but like the thing that I'm really concerned about is, I mean, if they don't, if Kyrie does not come back, I mean, I don't care how good a shape Luke is in. You cannot have this usage with this minute use with this minute load and not wear down. Like he's going to wear down. He's human. He's not a robot. I mean, maybe he doesn't, but like, I'm just, there's a part of me that's kind of waiting for the other shoe to drop with Luca. Not, and it's not Luca's fault. Well, I mean, the ankle that we were just yeah. like looking, and you're like, man, this is just the culmination of a lot of minutes. What are you gonna do? Yeah, yeah. I just, it just doesn't. The game plan being, you know, Luca needs to play 45 minutes, and we're there basically. So he's played 42 minutes or more in four straight games, uh, and the team is two and two in those four games. So they're not, you know, like not only is he playing an ungodly amount of minutes, an unsustainable amount of minutes. Uh, they're, they're 500 in those four games. Like, it's just, it'd be one thing if they were like four and O or three and one, but like, if they're not even winning basketball, like, I don't know. It just feels like, and I'm not saying it's, it's a bad coaching thing. It's again, it's just like, I don't, it just Kyrie has to start, has to get back or, or things are just going to snow snowball on them really quickly. Well, then you look at the other guys that, that play tonight. And when you consider how many guys are hurt, you know, Grant Williams gets to the start tonight. Hilariously, he is a plus 13 like that. <laughs> and Green once, was a minus 29, which is pretty funny. And he had once again, and yeah, because like Josh actually had a fairly interesting game. Um, 20 points, nine rebounds, three assists. I am convinced he has no idea how to pass during a fast break. Um, oh, he had some bad. Turnovers. He had he had three turnovers, and two of them had to have been on fast break, like live ball situations. And I'm just like, yeah, that's, that's like, where his lack of experience long term, because he just he hasn't played basketball as long as some other guys. Like, really, really stands out. It's hard to get super mad at him, but like, his speed is his weapon. So if he can't utilize anything other than getting to the rim, it's like, Ugh. that yeah. said. He hit some clutch threes. He played a pretty good game. Hard to beat on a guy. I mean, it, no, 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 he's not. It, one, but but Grant. Yes, Grant. We've, Grant. I don't Williams know what to say is anymore. Just an atrocious basketball player. Yeah, I just he, he makes the worst decisions at the worst times, and it's just it's 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 no it's not funny. It's sad. Mm. I mean, he had a layup that like spun in and out. Like it's getting in the to, middle. Luca just hits him right in the hands. He has to move his hands from here to here and put the ball in the hoop, and he bricks it. Yeah, I just I'm embarrassed. And then that that pass on the ground to Jay Crowder. He had four turnovers. He had that's why he didn't. Four, that's why he only played twenty or twenty three minutes. For a, it was a, like I, I've seen enough. For he low, just made, yeah, for a low usage spot up guy to have four turnovers, that's like. Well, the final one was the one in the second half in the left corner where he gets a kick out and just it just stumble bumbles around. I just yeah, it's you know, you look at what they they I think they got to trade him is the is is kind of my thing cuz his vibes have to suck because he is not a guy who silently complains. He is me. If I were a Dallas Maverick cuz I can't play basketball anymore either. He <laughs> I would just be bitching and moaning and flailing, and I just it, it, his 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 energy's awful. I don't yeah. know. What are you trading? What are you trading him for? Right? I don't know. He he's he's averaging he, six points a game in January. Like, I still think you can convince another team that his 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 some of his playoff stuff with the Celtics I, was real. I really I, do. I think you have to attach a second to him. Like I don't. 
I don't see how you're getting you're getting value back. He still has three more years after this one. And I know his number's not huge, but with all these owners worried about sure. like second apron stuff, like no contender's gonna want that when they're trying to pinch pennies to make sure that they're not paying the the mega tax. And then why would a bad team like you know, a bad team will take him, but they're gonna want to pick for it. Like, mm. why else would they trade for him? Like, it's just his value right now is is catastrophic. I mean, he's the new JaVale McGee right now. Like he's just, you know, you just get this guy to a multi-year deal that you think is going to fill a specific role. And not only is he not filling that role, but he's doing things worse. Like when I, when he was first acquired, I tried to, you know, I, I remember saying something like, I'm not as high on him as everyone else, but it's still a solid move because if he at least just does the things that he does in Boston, he's, he's a useful player. Yeah, he's a rotation I remember, guy. Right. I remember people being like, well, why are you down on the move? He's, he's 24 or he's 25, whatever his age is. You know, he's young. He's getting better. You know, he's going to get more opportunities. But look at all this. I was like, yeah, but like he, he's, fall, you know, a guy falling out of a rotation on, on a good playoff team at that age when he's had good playoff moments is weird. You know, there were some numbers with his, you know, defensive numbers were kind of weird last year. And then even then I was like, he's just not, he's not a dynamic, he's not the dynamic forward that everyone's asking for. And just assuming that he's just going to take that leap is just, you know, I'm just a little cautious, but now sure. he's not even, he's not even hitting spot up through, like nope. he's not even doing three and D stuff. And I'm just like, he has like one game Whoa. out of every eight or nine where it's like, oh, okay, there's that guy. Yeah. And, yeah. and it's worse. It is worse than the Dorian stuff before. I'm trying to think how to phrase this. Cause Dorian really didn't become an NBA player until he played with Luca. Like that's fair. The second half of, of the 2018, 19 seasons, Luca's rookie year, the last 30 games, Dorian shot like 40% from three. And Dorian has made himself into an NBA player. I'm really pleased with how Dorian's career has gone about, but the Luca effect with him was real, particularly from distance. And the kind of shots that Luca gets guys. I mean, look at Derek Jones jr. As an example, if you can get anyone with a reliable three, they're going to score points. They're going to score points, which made like there was this real Nick Angstad of Locked on Mavs, our friend, showed this this graph the other day. We disagree with his conclusions out of the, the guys who play the most minutes but don't average either 10 points, five rebounds or three assists. Grant and Josh were two of the top five. <laughs> and Dorian was one of the others. And Dorian was the other. And <laughs> all these people have been coming at me being like, well, it's Luca having the ball for days. Nobody gets enough shots. And I'm like, guys. Let's look at other winning teams. <laughs> Luca could Luca by himself, and this is not hyperbole. Luca by himself generates more open threes than some teams generate. Teams. So if you can't hit shots within this offense, your value plummets. And that and that the Mavericks simply cannot find anyone that can hit open shots. Reggie was great for a year, half a year, really. Well, that's why Tim is so important, and that's why it's hard to trade him. And that's yeah. what makes, even though they want to trade him, because, I mean, his defense was atrocious tonight. I know you pointed that out, but he also... He made four of eight from three and like he was one of like, like he wasn't great, but like that you have to have a guy like that on your roster. If you've got a guy like Luca, like not trying to argue Luca doesn't need to diversify the ball a little bit more. Like it'd be great, but like he 
Gotta hit, gotta be able to, to hit over. To shot. be clear, everyone, I see the comments in the chat. The Mavericks used the last tread available on Reggie Bullock's tires. That's okay. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he's, yeah, he's not, I don't even think he's playing. Like, you think he's on Houston? He's, he's, yeah, he doesn't play. Yeah. Um, we also have to mention, um, you know, we talked about Grant, like quietly, the, the Derek Jones Jr. Um, revelation has cooled off and he's kind of slowly. Uh, morphed back into the player that he was for most of his career, which is still yep. not like terrible. Like it's still totally fine for a veteran's minimum that he's paid. Like he's still not like, I wouldn't call him underperforming. Like he's right in line with what he should be doing. He's a minimum signing. Yeah, yeah, he's, he's great. A, right. But like, you know, he was averaging 12 and a half points a game in December. And there was a stretch where you're like, Whoa, is he like, is something here? Did they unlock something? And then in January, like teams are like, no, not really. Like they're treating him like the player that he is. Um, he's actually not shooting terribly from three in January, 35%. He's only taking 2.8 per game. He's uh-huh. took none. Uh, he took none tonight, took none in the Atlanta game that he last played. Um, he hasn't made, he's made one three in his last four games. And it, again, it's not because he's necessarily shooting poorly. He's just, he's going games with like one, two, three attempts. And that can muck things up. Because he's also, you know, what he was doing in uh, in December, he was taking five threes, which was nice. But he was taking a lot of shots because he was taking advantage of the space and driving to the rim and scoring at the rim and mixing it up with cuts and stuff. Like teams, I think, are starting to like, I think he's shown up a little bit more on scouting reports after that December. And I think teams are kind of more like, okay, like we're not going to let this guy like, we're going to let him shoot threes. We're not going to let him beat us up yep. and, and finish at the rim. Cause that's, that's where he will kill us. Like we're going to let him shoot. And then he's not shooting because he, because <laughs> he wants to get to the rim. He's not a shooter. So that's also quite, so you're playing, you know, thank God Maxi woke up from the dead because otherwise you look at your forward spots past Luca and green Jones, Williams, and Kleba, you know, Jones didn't shoot a three. Williams was zero for two. You know, mm-hmm. if Maxi played one of, if Maxi played like he played the season, they would have lost this game by like thirty five points. Um, so you know, on one hand, it's a shame that they wasted the Maxi game, but on the other hand, like they're just playing these guys that are just, they're just not. You know, it's just there just needs to be a little bit more production. Yeah. Well, did we even talk about the Maxi game? No, I'm just yeah, so like, the first mention. It was crazy. Like, like so that's the most that first of all, that's Maxi's first double digit point game of the year. It is the and I just did some brief looking into this. It is the most two point field goals he's had in a game since November of 2022. Maxi does not shoot two pointers for for anybody's like point of reference. I mean, he played a heck of a game. He looked like a comfortable basketball player, and I I. He had 47 points on the season tonight. Before <laughs> tonight? Yes. Good God. <laughs> and he scored, yeah. yeah, he scored eight in the first three minutes. Yeah, he was great. The thing that, you know, the threes are nice. You mentioned this in the recap. Four two-pointers. Um, good two-pointers. <laughs> like, they look good. He skied for uh, – you missed it in the first quarter, in the first opening minutes. He skied for an alley-oop uh, with Luca and finished it with two-hand, like a two-hand dunk. Like when was the last time we've seen Maxi, you know, finish with a dunk in the lane, um, in a pick and roll? Like it looked like he got the Kobe knee injection or something. There's there's overseas. something to like, hit something him though happened. with confidence though. 
the oh, confidence thing with him is like very few NBA level players I've ever seen on offense. Yeah. I bet we get like a month of fantastic play out of him now. I really do. I wouldn't be surprised. I, I, they need it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they do. They need everything. And even tonight, you know, he just defensively, like there was just, yeah. I feel like everyone that played, there's a cavet, like, like some sort of catch. Like even Luca's game was great, but we mentioned, you know, defensively wasn't good. He missed eight three-pointers, nine turnovers. Like even, you know, Josh Green had a great game. Uh, offensively, but I thought he got absolutely crushed on screens all night. He's just, he's defense. not a very good defender. We, we just, this, the idea of Josh as a defensive player, the idea yeah. of Josh as a defensive player, it's, it's, it's just we're running out of time. We're not time, but we're just running out of things. Like it's just, there's not, there's not a lot of tape on there. Um, so yeah, it's just, I'm curious. We've talked a lot about the game a lot. I know we've already talked for 33 minutes, but there's like some apocalyptic uh, takes brewing and people are mad at the front office and people want kid fired after this game. And I'm like, is this a game where we need to to step back and look at some bigger picture narratives or do we need to wait till they get through this hellacious stretch? Like what, what's your mood? Like, are you, oh, my are mood you is angry? We can't. They, they, Do you think it's over? Like No, what? I really don't. Like I'm not an optimist, but they've showed enough to make it interesting. And okay. where this all starts to boil over, and I wrote about this. Please go read my recap at MavsMoneyBall.com. I talked about it. To me, this is almost wholly bad injury luck paired with a total lack of organizational composure. I, you know... Kid makes me mad because kid acts like he doesn't have anything to do with it. Like he has no control over it. Part of me gets why, because as a hall of fame point guard, he's sitting here saying these guys get paid to play basketball. They can afford to stop being babies. And I, and I use the collective they, because we've seen some, some like, frankly, some childish behavior from Tim Hardaway from, uh, he's starting to pick up some technicals. lately. <laughs> why is that? Because leadership comes from the top down. And when you see Luca do it and nothing happens to Luca, why in the hell won't anybody won't everybody else do it? But then, you know, the Bucks announcers called this out tonight. And I guess I've just lived with this for so long. It, it doesn't, it didn't even occur to me. And some of you guys have probably thought about this. So I apologize because this is not a new point. But when Cuban is sitting there doing the same thing, why in the hell would anyone shape up? He acts like a fan because he is a fan, and I appreciate that, but he is still a leader within the organization. And then it peters out into everything else that happens. I mean, I didn't watch the Mavs broadcast tonight, so I can't speak to this. But I got a dozen messages from non-Mavs fans, from different you know media people around the league. And they're like, is this what you listen to every game? Are they okay? And like that sort of thing, it's, it's a, it's, I called it an epidemic in my recap. Because once you start complaining, it becomes the only thing you can do. And it's an organizational thing. They all have to stop. They all need to buck up and string together a series of performances. All of them. Luca cannot carry the offense all the time. um, Derek Lively cannot be the only defensive player. They have to do this together. The only way out of this mess is by playing through it. And they, they just don't seem to... They can't seem to be able to do it for more than a game at a time. I mean, when was the last time... I feel like a crazy person. When was the last time the Mavericks won three consecutive games? I'm going to go look because I'm petty. 
It's been it's been a hot. It was probably they won three games to start the year in January. Guess who those games were? Portland, Portland, and Minnesota. Minnesota game was impressive, but those other two games were cakewalks. Yeah. Other than that, they won four games to start December, and then they they won four games to start the season. There is no continuity game to game. There is not enough effort game to game. A lot of that is injuries. A lot of that is things that are completely reasonable. But every team has this excuse. And, and you know, there's I see I'm reading the comments and one person said blaming Luca again. Somebody else says this is a coaching problem. You can blame it anywhere you want. I don't fucking care. I just want it to stop. And I want to see some good basketball consistently from a team that I know can do it. They can't expect Luca to be a superhero every game. No, they can't keep doing this 42, 45 minutes, but I also don't know. I don't know where they go until Kyrie gets back, but yeah, the, the organizational stuff, like I'm, I'm with you. Uh, there just seems to be a boiling frustration. That's like palpable. Um, the refs were yes. not great, but it's also at a certain point, like, I mean, Nothing's going to like the refs aren't great, but, but complaining about it isn't going to take away the foul. Like they're not going to call, they're going to take away the foul. They're not going to take away your technical. Maybe they call the game a little bit differently, but, but I mean, we've seen this repeatedly. This felt kind of like the Phoenix game a little bit where when the adversity struck, it just kind of snowballed down. And I understand that maybe that's because they're frustrated because they felt like they haven't had their full team on the floor for a long time which is true. They basically haven't played their five best guys together more than like 50 possessions or whatever it is. So I get it. They're frustrated and everyone's frustrated. Like it just, I don't know. Like that's why I said this game sort of felt like those two Charlotte games, because it feels like guys are just kind of letting go of the rope. They're letting go of their competitiveness a little bit. Cause you don't like, get that. Like one, one of the outside snow, stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Like, and, and I understand people want to fire the coach and, and I get it. And I'm not a kid fan, but I'm trying to think of like, like firing kid is not going to make Kyrie play 80% of the, the games that are remaining or 90% or whatever they need. Uh-huh. It's not going to make Derek, Li- uh, Derek Lively's nose go from broken to unbroken. Like that's not to give kid an excuse. Like I think he's, there's some things that he's been doing this season that are, that are really bad. But I'm just saying, like, I don't know. I think if they want to make a coaching change, I would just wait till the offs. Like, I just don't see the benefit of bringing in someone new or, or, or elevating a new voice. Like, maybe you get that bump where you win, like, two or three or four games in a row or you go, like, five and one because everyone's kind of pepped up by a new coaching change. But, like, that stuff catches up to you a little bit and, and trying to implement new stuff midseason. I, I don't know. Like – Maybe it's going to get to a point where they can't get, escape it and they feel like that's the only change that they could make. And we have to see what the trade deadline brings because that's what usually the midseason coaching change is. Something happens, they can't, you know, they feel like this is the only thing that they can do. Yeah. Um, so we'll see. But I just, I don't know what that's going to change right now. But when they get to the summer, I'm totally like, they do need to evaluate like all of this leadership stuff right now because it stinks. It stinks that, you know, they get some bad calls. Like it felt like when the Giannis kick call went against them, like everything just kind of fell apart from there. Like uh-huh. I think credit to them for maybe finishing that third quarter strong, but again, they had already lost the 25 point lead, but like they shouldn't have even been in that position to begin with. 
No. Um, now you could say they shouldn't have had a 25 point lead to begin with, considering the, the odds were, were stacked against them. But you play the game, you know, that's not what happened. Like they, they got a 25 point lead. Like you can't, you can't come away from this game being like, this isn't that big deal of a loss because they should have lost this game anyway. Like, no, like things change. Like you have new information and your opinion should change. Like they had a 25 point lead. They should have been able to close the game out. Uh, they should have at least been able to make it a clutch game. Down. Like this wasn't even a clutch game. Like the, nope. you, uh, how many teams have a 25 point lead lose and it's not even goes down in the, in the record books as a clutch game. Like it was, it was a bad second through through fourth quarter, and and the way it just kind of the air got let out of the balloon. It felt like the Phoenix game, and the Phoenix game also had really bad vibes. Yeah, well, you you said something that I thought was important and made me think of something that I didn't really close on. If you're gonna complain about the referees, if that's gonna be a thing, okay, and that can just happen some games. At a certain point, there needs to be a sell decision point to where you're really making the point you want to make as a player, as a coach. If it's Luca and you're really that pissed about how you've been treated, get ejected over a real call. Part of why I don't think he does is because I think he, he he knows that in his heart of hearts, some of the things that he argues aren't worth, aren't worth the, the things that he's mad about. Kid, though, kid could, you know, kid doesn't do that. Like, kid doesn't get technicals. And... He's only been injected like twice since he's been in Dallas. I think with the, with the kind of fragility this team is displaying, that kind of gesture would, would might work. You know, Carl did it every now, right now and again. It's not like we as fans all feel like kid isn't sticking up for his players. I wonder if the players feel that way. I don't know because kid um, and Hardaway and. Luca and there's a lot of weirdness. You know, we never even touched on the fact that kid went on the radio after the last game and said that Luca is better than Dirk and could be one of the best players of all time, which felt like such unbelievable pandering <laughs> that we didn't even talk about it because our site just looks at some of this stuff and just rolls our eyes. Like I, I don't, you know, we don't do fan speculation that much or uh, trade speculation. And sometimes we don't really talk about these, these kind of like click clicky stories. Cause it just annoys me as an editor. And I, I don't know. I, I, I just, it has to start somewhere and, you know, Luca can get up and give his normal platitude, which is, I got to be better. I got to do this. I got to do that. And I appreciate that when he does it, there's just, there's something's got to change, you know? Something's yeah. got to change. Yeah, I don't. I don't really disagree. I, I don't um, know what it will be because I think it's just so injury dependent, and I think yeah. everything we've talked about tonight, but, and really for the past several games, Grant Williams shooting, Derek Jones shooting. If all those guys are bumped down the peg and have less stress on them, maybe they play better. Yeah, but I mean, like Derek Jones has to still play. Like they still have to play. Like I know if they get pegged, you know, down a peg, that helps, but. I don't know how much it helps. I, there's probably something that's uh, that I've been thinking about. Like it feels like we've been talking for like two years, maybe even longer now. Feels like it's just been this constant. Well, well when the condition, the condition, when the conditions are right, like w- when this happens and this happens, then they're going to take off, or, or this is going to be better. You know, when they get healthy. You know, when Kyrie and Luca get more time together. You know, yeah. like when they gel. When they made before the Kyrie trade, it was like, okay, well, they just need to make the big trade. They need, you know, there's been a little, it feels like the wheels are spinning 
and the, they're just not going in. Like, it feels like they're stuck in the mud these last two years. Like, the wheels are spinning in the mud, and they're just not going forward. They're not necessarily going backward. I mean, they kind of they did last year, for sure. But uh, it's just like, they're just in this constant cycle of, well, let's just wait till this thing happens, and then things will be better. And at a certain point, how many times can you say that before you realize well, now the season's over. We can't wait for things to get better. Um, not trying to, to end the podcast on like a downer note, but like this might just be a year where they're not healthy. That happens to teams, you know. Shout like, out to Casey you know? Smith, wherever he is. <laughs> they're not even the most injured team in the NBA, by the way. Not even close. So, you know, yeah. and of course, all those teams I think ahead of them are like really bad, like Memphis and maybe a couple other teams. So, you know, it, it's it feels like they're kind of on a treadmill right now. Like they're just, it's just always, it's just always one more thing. And like, you're just waiting for the moment where they're like, okay, we are shorthanded and we are not being dealt a great, a great hand here, but F it. Let's, let's take three out of four. Let's, you know, let's turn this around. Let's, you know, let's rally behind something. Like there's just something off that's that, that needs to change. And I can't, I can't pinpoint it. I can't quantify it. I can't statistically, you know, highlight what that is. It, there just feels like they're just stalled. Like they're stuck in neutral uh, for like the last two years. And, <laughs> and I don't, I don't know what that, what this that means. Mara, one of our long yeah. time commenters says, Oh my, the dreaded treadmill of mediocrity. Oh, right. Fuck. Good, good line, man. Good line. All right, Josh, I'm going to let you go edit and do some other stuff. I'm going to take a minute-long break, and then we're going to be back with our second live show. Uh, For anybody who wants to hang out, please do. I'm going to be posting a link here in the chat, which I want you to come up and join the show. For those listening on audio, Mavs Party, if I don't split it into two shows, the second will be on Sunday afternoon. Uh, Everybody, thanks so much for hanging out. Uh, Please give me just a second. I need to go make another drink, and I will be right back. To talk a little bit. You guys have fun tonight. (laughs) Go Mavs. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.